My Apple Watch. The movie UHF. Oh, the Book of Psalms. <laughs> the senior discount at Captain D's. Ooh, macaroni and cheese. Steve from Stranger Things. Our Yahtzee Club. How clean the men's room was at the last sale station. Elastic waistbands. Um, a Bob Newhart show complete series DVD set. The new set of holiday doilies Mr. Snotbottom surprised me with. My new bowel medication. The magic of Walt Disney. Madonna. You already said her. Let me finish. Specifically, Madonna's performance of Vogue at the 1990 MTV Video Music Awards. You already said that too. I did? Well, uh, Hocus Pocus 2. The smell of burning leaves on a crisp autumn afternoon. Oh dear, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) I'll say... Having the newspaper delivered every morning. Wonderful. And that marks one solid hour of listing things we're thankful for. Well done, everyone. (laughs) Oh, wait. Can I add one? Of course. Like Jello, there's always room for thankfulness. I'm also thankful that society at large is waking up to the fact that the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of a Christmas Carol that's ever existed. May God and Kermit bless us, everyone. Of course, I couldn't agree more, but it's the day before Thanksgiving. Let's save the Christmas talk for Friday morning at 3 a.m. while we're waiting in line for huge savings. We have to talk about something while we're stuck in this traffic. How about a bonus hour of listing things we're thankful for? (sighs) Maybe later. We can talk about all the fun we're going to have tomorrow on the parade float. I'm so happy you're letting us join you guys on the Gasful Thanksgiving Parade. Our pleasure, Candle Boy. You know, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterson was chosen to ride on the Bushletown Rye Float because of her world-renowned rye tour. Oh, and it only made sense to bring you boys along. <laughs> Good thing I preemptively took a triple dose of my medication this morning, though, or else this traffic getting slower and slower would be filling me up with homicidal rage. <laughs> but nope, you can just call me Mellow Yellow. Cliff, don't say Mellow Yellow. It'll make me have to go to the bathroom. Then why don't you do something to entertain us? Take our minds off all this. <sighs> Fine, I'll tell you a story. We don't need to hear the complete history of the Hatbox Ghost from the Haunted Mansion again. Oh. Okay, in that case, I'll tell you about something that happened to my Creole great-grandpappy. Is it about him going to the Haunted Mansion? No, just listen. It was over a hundred years ago, down in the swamps of Louisiana. Coincidentally, it was the day before Thanksgiving, and my great-grandpappy, his name was Grandpappy Jim Jim, was out searching for something special in the swamps. He was standing deep in the swampy muck when he heard someone call his name. Jim Jim, is that you? Why, yes, who was that out there in the swamp? It's me, Cedric Clodson from down in Upper Marsh. Cedric, I haven't seen you in a crawdad's age. What brings you out here to the middle of this swamp on the day before Thanksgiving? My wife Francine wants a bouquet of swamp roses for the dinner table tomorrow. (laughs) How about you? I'm here on a Thanksgiving errand as well. My family won't even touch a turkey until it's dripping in Bordelais sauce. And my grandmama's Bordelais sauce recipe calls for the spice known as saffron. Saffron, huh? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I heard Josiah down at the feed store say saffron was more something you might find in Iran or Afghanistan or Spain or Greece or Italy. I didn't know it was growing out here in the middle of the American swamp. Tis, tis, or so the local legend says. I've heard tell of a place out here where the trees open up and the sun shines down on a spot of sandy soil. Just the perfect location for saffron to grow. That sounds kind of strange, Jim Jim. But I guess some Italian might have been out here gathering swamp roses and dropped a saffron seed. No, Cedric, saffron doesn't grow from seeds. It grows from corms. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, be that as it may, now how and who the hell are you going to find that little spot of sunlight? It's as wet as a hooker's bathtub out here and twice as shady. I have a secret weapon. This. A crumpled old napkin. 
No, this is the back page of the very second Sears catalog ever published over 30 years ago in 1892. Well, how does that help? Well, my daddy's daddy's grandpappy, Bob Bob, drew a map over here on the softer side of the Sears catalog page. And according to his directions, I don't have to go far. What do you say, buddy boy? Want to come along and get some saffron for your own Thanksgiving dinner table? Huh, well... I might as well. I can always grab some swamp roses on my way back to the car. So Grandpappy Jim Jim walked north with Cedric for a half a mile. Then, there in the middle of the shady swamp, they saw a break in the trees. Sitting in a beam of pure sunlight on a bed of sandy soil was a coffee table-sized patch of saffron flowers. Oh, is that saffron? Them flowers is as purple as... Uh, well, I ain't never seen nothing that purple. I bet my wife would love them even more than the swamp roses. I just want the little red stick things that grow in the middle of the petals. If you'll help me harvest them, the rest of the plants are yours. Well, you got it, buddy. But wait, the legends say something guards the saffron. My grandpappy Bob Bob wrote what it was on the map, but my stupid cousin Felix tore that piece off and threw some gum away in it. Well, darn! Darn indeed. My best guess is that there are some gators making their homes around the beautiful sights of that saffron. Oh, I don't like gators. One of them stole a pair of my underpants off the clothesline once, and another one killed my Uncle Walter. I don't like them either. That's why I brought a diversion. This. Oh, God, Jim. Jim, Jim, is that? Yes, it's a freshly skinned possum. I saved the fur to make my wife a Christmas hat, and the body I'll feed to the gators. But it won't give us long. If we aren't that fast, we'll be furious with ourselves. Because the gators will surely kill us if we move too slow. Oh, you don't gotta tell me twice. Now do me a favor and get rid of that skin possum. Oh, I think it's staring at me. No, I just ripped off its eyelids. I saved them to make Christmas hats for my daughter's cornhus dolls. But it's time for this possum to fly. I'm gonna throw it over there where the gators are most likely to be. I don't know, Jim Jim. Maybe there ain't no gator guard. There they are now. Cedric, run. We gotta snatch that saffron. Uh, 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 Jim Jim, I, I think something's wrong. My legs is giving out. I lost all steam. Like a hooker who done turned his last trick. No, Cedric, it ain't your legs giving out. We're stuck in quicksand. Damn it, the gators weren't the guards at all. It was this infernal quicksand. I know what I'll do. I'll jump out. No, no, Cedric, the more you struggle, the quicker you're gonna sink. Oh, Jim, Jim, we're gonna die. And my last words to my wife was, I'll get your damn swamp roses if you promise to shut the hell up. (laughs) What were your last words to your wife, Jim, Jim? Well, I asked her not to clip her toenails at the breakfast table. I was pretty angry at clipping it flown in the oatmeal, and my tone could have been more supportive. But no, Cedric, I wouldn't let those be my last words to her. We're going to get out of this swamp, but how? I'd get on my knees to pray, but that would mean putting my head under the quicksand. No, we need something to pull us out. I did one time see a cow pull a baby pig out the mud. It latched on to her teeth. I don't see any big old cows around you. No, once when my Aunt Charlene got caught in the sausage grinder, she pulled herself out by grabbing onto the tail of a stray dog running by. I don't see any stray dogs either. All I see is us and gators. And I don't want nothing to do with them. Oh, no, sir, no way, no how. (gasps) Cedric, we have to get the gators over here. What? We have to get them to come close enough so we can grab them and let their tails pull us out. Oh, Jim Jim, have you contracted swamp madness? Them gators is what's gonna eat us up like I was gonna do to a big-ass turkey tomorrow. Not if we give them something else to eat. You got another possum? Damn it, I knew I should have skinned more than one. Cedric, what do you got in your pack? I got some twine, my pipe, and some tobacco, and a pound of cured hog fat I was gonna eat on the way home. Hmm. 
I have some squirrel jerky, which I, is great for getting energy, by the way. If we tied the squirrel jerky around your hog fat, we could attach it to a long length of twine. Then we could lure the gators over here with the smell of that delicious treat. And then we pull the twine in and then they follow. You sure they won't eat us? Well, given the choice, would you eat us or a ball of squirrely jerky and hog fat? Ooh, squirrely jerky and hog fat. Say who? Say Hands down! My mouth's watering at the idea. Mine too. Once the gators are close enough, we let them eat the jerky fat ball, and we grab the tails, and in the feeding frenzy, they'll pull us right on out. That sounds like a foolproof plan. And it was. Grandpappy Jim Jim and Cedric were pulled out of the quicksand by alligators. Once they were up and out, they gathered saffron and went on their way. Went on their way? Wasn't the saffron surrounded by quicksand? Yeah, but they used the back of the feeding gators as stepping stones back to safety. Then Grandpappy Jim Jim went home and made the best batch of Bordelais sauce anyone on earth has ever tasted. Okay, sure. But what now? The cars moved three feet in the last half hour. We have a lot more time to kill. If we had better Wi-Fi, we could use our phones to stream a movie or something. Don't say words like stream. I have to pee too bad. And it's bad enough we're stopped in front of this huge billboard with a toilet on it. How else are they supposed to advertise the Big Black Friday toilet sale at Toilets R Us? Why don't we just see what's on the radio? Perhaps they'll tell us what's causing all this traffic. I'll tell you what's causing it. What causes all traffic problems. Idiots! Uh, let, let's see. If you're just tuning in, we're playing all Thanksgiving music all weekend long. Here on Gas Fails 104.9, The Gas. <laughs> The gas. Why, that reminds me of a story. <laughs> I bet. It's a story involving my Uncle Pepperoni and an unexpected visitor on Thanksgiving Day. Let's see. It happened many, many years ago. My Uncle Pepperoni was a young man out to make it on his own, and he was hired to stay on as the caretaker of an inn over the Thanksgiving holiday. The inn was far out on Route 12, quite isolated, and as the owner of the inn told him, Nobody comes over Thanksgiving no more. That's why I sent this whole staff home and hired you to look over the place. Tell me what's cheaper, paying all the maids and bellhops and cooks or paying one young man out to make it on his own? The latter one, of course. I knew I liked you, Pep. You got something special. It don't take opera glasses to see that. Thank you, sir. Sir, I'll miss that kind of politeness this week. I'll be staying with my sister and her husband. She's a drunk and he's a dunce. And don't get me started on their kids. Have you ever wanted to run screaming from a three-year-old? I do wish you a happy holiday, sir. Oh, and you as well, young man. Down in the cellar, there's a turkey in cold storage. I thought you might like it for your Thanksgiving dinner. How thoughtful of you. Well, I'll be off. Goodbye. Safe travels. Oh, I thought he'd never leave. He stank of sardine oil. All right, Francis, you can come out now. I was getting claustrophobic in that cabinet filled with sardine tins. Well, fear no more. We have the entire inn to ourselves until Monday. The sign out front isn't even turned on. Oh, that sounds good, Pep. You're going to have all kinds of fun. I brought a deck of cards, a checkerboard, and some checkers. But what I'm thinking about most is the bird down in the cellar. I'm starving. Well, that bird stays in the coop until tomorrow, boy. But how about we open a few tins of sardines and play a hand of Crazy Eights? Well, I guess that'd be fun, too. And they played cards well into the wee hours of the night. And then, the next morning, just after breakfast, Uncle Pepperoni brought the turkey up into the kitchen where Francis was waiting. That sure is some bird. I can't wait to sink my teeth into its breasts. I'm afraid we have some work to do before then. This turkey won't pluck itself. I'd help you, Pep, but I'm busy snapping these snap peas. It ain't Thanksgiving for me without a big ol' helping of snap peas. Smothered in butter and giblet gravy. So don't forget to pull out the giblets, whatever they are. The two worked for hours until finally they were ready to heat up the oven. I'll turn up the gas here and you reach in and light it, Pep. 
All right, Francis. I just hope the bird will be juicy enough. It lost a lot of blood during the plucking. I'm sure the fowl's fine. The gas is going, so I'll open up the oven here. There she goes. All right, Francis boy. We'll need to take the bird back out in three hours. At least that's my guess. I have never done this before. Of course you haven't. Neither have I. We're just two young men, each out to make it on his own. I just hope I snapped the snap peas right. It's possible I should have snapped them the other way. I'm sure you did a superb job. Though, I guess we've learned that even snapping snap peas isn't always a snap. (laughs) (laughs) What's that tapping sound? Is it somebody knocking on the back door? They're rapping rather lightly, if so, but let's investigate. Nobody here. Perhaps it's someone tapping on the window. Maybe even a lost woodland creature. There's nothing out here either. What could it be? Francis, you may think me mad, but I believe the tapping is coming from inside the oven. The oven? You mean it's a... The oven? You mean it's the turkey? No, how could such a thing happen? (laughs) But perhaps a rodent was in the stove and it's trying to get out? Did I say we let it cook and serve it to the possums under the porch outside? That sounds prudent enough. (laughs) I'm sure it can't last long in that heat. Its fur must have sizzled off by now. And its little hand must hurt from tapping on a hot oven door. Oh, it must look real gross. I bet its brains are boiling. If so, how does it continue to hit the oven door? Muscle memory? It can't be a rodent, Francis. It must be something else. I'm going to open the door and see. What in blue blazes? Oh, yes, that's what it was indeed. A blue flame had been knocking on the oven door. (laughs) When Uncle Pepperoni opened the door, the flame jumped out onto the kitchen floor. The two men could scarcely believe their eyes as the flame grew into the shape of a glowing blue rye stalk. I can't believe my freaking eyes! This is too freaking freakish! That's a lot of F-bombs, Francis, but I'd say this warrants them. It's a glowing blue rye stock. But look, it's changing. It's metamorphosing into... Into a flaming blue... Man! A flaming blue man! Oh, God, how will the turkey cook if the flames out here turning into a man? I'll have you know, I'm not just any man. I am the devil himself. <laughs> and I have quite a plan for the both of you. Wait, the devil was in Uncle Pepperoni's oven? <laughs> well, he was and he wasn't, Candy Boy. It seems Francis turned the gas up far too high and both of them were slightly poisoned. <laughs> they hallucinated a vision of Satan, which told them both to run into town without any clothes on. Yes, that I'm afraid it led to them both spending a week in the county jail for public nudity on a national holiday. Not exactly the happiest Thanksgiving. Yeah, I bet somebody can come up with a happier one. I recall a very gay Thanksgiving I spent once with a dear friend of mine. It was Mr. Christopher, my hairdresser. You know, Cliff, he reminds me a lot of you. He was always saying funny things and playing Barbara Streisand records in his salon. That does sound like me. Anyway, it was a Thanksgiving in the late 70s. Mr. Christopher and I were traveling together by train from Busheldown to Las Vegas. And who should we be seated with? Who, Mrs. Potter Butter Who? Hollywood legend Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn? From the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Oh my, I love this story every time I hear it, Sugarlump. Mr. Christopher and I were shocked, too, but after a few minutes, the three of us were chatting like old friends. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Potter, but a butter churn. That was a hilarious story. I can't believe that all happened when you went to Studio 54. Next time, take me. And I'm sorry, Ms. Hepburn, you were saying something about somebody? 
<laughs> somebody, somebody, got a friend of mine called someone. She said to me, how do I feel? I said, oh, I'm all right. She said, I called a friend of mine and said, how do you feel? And there was a long pause. And the woman said, well, I feel fine, if you don't ask for details. <laughs> oh, now that, that is truly hilarious. Miss Hepburn, you should really do more comedies. You're as funny as Phyllis Diller. Oh, Phyllis Diller, she's a fantastic cook. Did you know that? And a wonderful party hostess. She throws big parties every Labor Day weekend. I know you've been invited, Miss Hepburn, but Phyllis said you were too shy for big parties. What do you think? Well, I don't know what I think. I, I once said to my father, I'm really too shy to go to that party. It would embarrass me. And he said, yes, my children are all very shy. They don't dare go to parties unless they're sure they're going to be the bride or the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> the bride, the corpse. I'll have to remember that one. I wonder if the train company cleaning lady is a corpse. Do you see the dust in this train car? I could write my name in it. I think society has become far too numb to dust. But you know that, Mr. Christopher. What about you, Miss Hepburn? We must reform, and I don't know how we're going to reform. We're sitting looking at a lot of filth. The train brochure promised a clean environment with surfaces so spotless you could eat Thanksgiving dinner off of them. Funk! It's 42nd Street filth. Filth being sold for too much. Well, you've got that right. The cost of these train tickets was through the roof. How am I going to afford a new pair of platform shoes to wear to the disco? My boyfriend Chad was going to come along with us, but he too thought the prices were unfair. I suppose he didn't care enough about me to pay for a Thanksgiving vacation in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's so low of Chad not to go with you. Low and unfair. Second rate. Second rate not to go. It's a group activity. Oh, second rate indeed. When it comes to train travel, groups are more fun. I'm so glad you're a part of our group now, Miss Hepburn. I just wish I had a camera with me. The boys back in Busheltown are never going to believe this. Well, it wasn't long before the three of us headed off to the dining car. It was Thanksgiving Day and the air smelled of turkey and gravy, which made sense because dinner was turkey and gravy. We each had one glass of sherry, which made the festivities all more festive. As the evening wore on, Mr. Christopher asked Catherine Hepburn, Did you ever think about what you might have done if you hadn't become the Hollywood legend we know and love today? I never thought. I would have tormented some man, I suppose, and had about eight children <laughs> and tormented them. Oh, I think you can have a career and torment men, too. I certainly do. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn's hairdresser, you know. What do you think of the state of hairdressing in this day and age? It's miserable, and especially in this country, it's miserable. I think so, too. That's why I went to beauty school in Canada. The Canadians just have a way with hair. It's cultured and cosmopolitan without being haughty and pretentious. I mean, just look at Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn. Your hair is a work of art, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn, if I do say so myself. Oh, well, people are always stopping and commenting. Why, I was at the paint store the other day, and a man stopped and asked if I could go with him to the mixing counter. He wanted a bucket of paint that matched my exact shade of gray. <laughs> Imagine that. Someone's bathroom is now the same color as my hair. <laughs> what an honor. A big honor. <gasps> Would you look over there? A woman is wearing a Christmas brooch, and today is only Thanksgiving. That should be a crime. Although I guess we've all committed a few, haven't we? I bet even you have, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn. <laughs> well, to be honest, I have. I was working for a small hotel a few decades ago, and I allowed a black family to stay there, even though it was against the law because of segregation. Inspirational crimes don't count. I mean crimes like, well, fun stuff like graffiti or shoplifting. How about you, Ms. Hepburn? Any crimes in your past? My first crime was breaking into houses. I could get in anywhere. I the only time I nearly lost my life was dropping through a skylight and I damn near dropped from the top of the roof, and it was a three-story house high down to the first floor. Oh, my. You're practically a female James Bond. Not that I approve, but how did you get into those houses? Well, they used to have icebox entrances, you know, for the iceman to put the ice through. That was a very vulnerable point. Wow, what a story. After a big steaming piece of pumpkin pie, the three of us headed to the caboose. We walked out to a small outdoor seating area because Kate said Spencer Tracy believed fresh air helped digestion. <laughs> it wasn't long before it was just the three of us out there. Watching the night sky and the train tracks behind us, we'd grown so close we were sharing personal stories. 
and he said to me, Mr. Christopher, I'm leaving you because of your toupee. <laughs> Unforgivable, the audacity. Can't be defended, sad. But I grew from it. I told myself that my toupee is my shield and nothing can harm me underneath it. I'm actually glad it happened. And you know, we all have our problems. Oh, that's the truth. My mother always said into every eye some dirt must fly. Really makes you think. Now, Miss Hepburn, didn't you say something about getting in trouble back in your school days? Yes, I was, uh, now what do they call it? Not fired, not expelled. The temporary thing for smoking. Somebody gave me a package of perfume cigarettes and I thought, I wonder what these are like. And I sat in there smoking. And somebody came up to me and said, haven't you something to say? I know what they were talking about. Ms. Hepburn, I hate to interrupt, but I think something very ungroovy has happened. The handle to the back door here is on the floor. I think we're locked out. Oh, I'm sure we can get the attention of someone inside. Hello? Hello? We seem to be locked outside with Catherine Hepburn. It's hopeless. Hopeless, hopeless, idiotic, humiliating. Now, Miss Hepburn, don't take it so hard. We won't let the tabloids get wind of this. You can count on us. Oh, there's a train employee inside. He's looking this way, but I can't tell if he sees us or not. If someone's broken down on the road, we must stop. And everyone says, oh, don't stop. They'll hit you over the head. And if you get hit over the head, why? You know. Miss Hepburn, the stress is getting to you. But I agree that we need to help each other out. Whether a person is stranded on the road or on the back of a train caboose. Hear, hear. It so happened that three of us were locked outside the caboose for three whole hours. It was wonderful to hear stories of old Hollywood, but on the bad side, each of us had to urinate off the back of the moving train several times. Eventually, though, we relaxed and listed our favorite Christmas gifts. Since by that time, it was after midnight and no longer Thanksgiving Day. And when you turn the crank, the ice was transformed into snow cone, and it came out of Snoopy's doghouse. I just love that one. Oh, it sounds delightful. I believe my favorite was a silver tea set. My Aunt Agatha gave it to me when I was a young girl. What about you, Miss Hepburn? What was your favorite Christmas gift? A wooden crocodile that was about this long, and it was a carved crocodile, and you screwed up the tail, and it cracked a nut. <laughs> what a charming <laughs> choice. You folks need anything out here? Oh, yes, we need to go inside, I told the train employee. <laughs> Mr. Christopher and I said our goodbyes to Catherine Hepburn the next day. We saw her a few more times over the years, but I'll never forget that unforgettable Thanksgiving we shared. What a great story. If you include it in your memoirs, you could call that chapter, Guess Who's Coming to Thanksgiving Dinner. Oh, yes, that would be an excellent title. I don't get it. Dear, didn't you leave out the part where Catherine Hepburn spilled soy sauce on the tablecloth? No, no Daffodil, it was Lord and Bacall who spilled soy sauce on the train tablecloth. And that happened on Easter, not Thanksgiving. <laughs> my mistake. All right, I guess it's my turn to tell a story. Oh, you don't have to. The traffic's moving a lot faster now. No, 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 no. You can't cut me out. Besides, you'll love my Thanksgiving story. You were all there. Remember that Thanksgiving 12 or 13 years ago? The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Oh, God, not that story. Kendall, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Why else would everybody be laughing about the Lincoln assassination all the time? I guess you're right. I know. Now, let's see. The whole thing really started the day before Thanksgiving. We were all so annoyed because our plane was rerouted and we had to get off in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Well, this was unexpected. I'll say, I hope we aren't late for the parade tomorrow because of this. Ugh, I can't believe we were rerouted just because that guy wouldn't stop singing Turkey in the Straw. Relax, Cliff. It's not like society will continue to deteriorate. It's onward and upward from here on out. How can you be so optimistic? Ugh, I'm drunk. Bowers, Mrs. Butterbutterbutterturn and I are going to see about our luggage. Perhaps you two can figure out how we'll get to the Big Apple from here. Okay. Uh, hmm, what, what we need is our own polka king. 
Huh? John Candy in Home Alone. Somebody to give us a lift into the city. We don't need a Polka King. We could just rent a car. Or we find a Polka King and we use the money we save on souvenirs. I need a new I Heart New York shirt. I got Pinkberry yogurt toppings all over my old one. Yeah, and I could get Susan some Statue of Liberty earrings for Christmas. Oh, she will love those so much. All right, look around. Who looks like they're nice enough to give the four of us a ride? Not that guy punching the vending machine over there. Or that woman who slapped the stewardess because she couldn't smoke. What about what about that guy over there with the hat and the beard? He looks kind of lost. Maybe he's looking for a traveling companion or four. Let's go talk to him. Um, excuse me, we're Cliff and Kendall. Uh, hello, English. I am Elijah Miller. Could you fellas do me a kindness and tell me where I am? I believe I took a wrong turn on the way back from the turnip patch. Uh, this is the airport. Oh, my. Now that we know where we are, maybe you could do us a favor. Oh, maybe? Uh, My friends and I are in need. Our plane was rerouted and we have to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade tomorrow. Could... Can you help us get there? Well, uh, I am bound to help those in need. Great! (laughs) Kendall thought it was great, but he didn't realize Elijah was Amish. (laughs) Twenty minutes later, we were in a buggy being pulled by a horse. It wasn't exactly the express train, and the worst part was every bump in the road set off Mr. Snodbottom's bowels. Oh, you poor man. I know one day you'll find the medication that ceases those bowel oh. attacks for good. Oh, I certainly hope so, Mrs. Potter-Potter-Potter-Churn. And in the meantime, I hope these minor bowel attacks don't make you ashamed to be seen with me. Oh, of course not. What makes you a good man is what's on the inside, not what's always coming out of you. Kendall, I think Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn are falling in love. I don't think so. Just because he's recently divorced and she's everything he could ever want in a woman. Nah, I don't see it. <sighs> Mr. Snodbottom, are we going to make it to the parade on time? This buggy only has one horsepower. I was wondering about that myself, Cliff. We're supposed to meet the gentleman who arranged all this at the beginning of the parade route at 5 a.m. What was his name again? Charles. He's a contractor. (laughs) One moment I was asking him to retile a bathroom, and the next we were booked in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. If you ask me, a higher power was at work there. (laughs) Amen. English, I'm afraid I have to let you all out here. My wife, Sarah, and our eight children would never forgive me for being late. There's going to be a baptism, and we have much to do. Oh, well, thank you, Elijah. Trust me, we all understand. Luckily, we weren't far from a Cracker Barrel. They were just about to close, but they let us in anyway, and they even sold us some leftover biscuits at half price. I did some Christmas shopping at the Old Country Store and met a busboy who kindly offered to drive us to Charles the Contractor's Motel in New Jersey. Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn offered him $50 for his trouble, but he said it was a pleasure to chauffeur a lady like her. He was a real classy busboy. So anyway, there we were in Charles the Contractor's room at the Motel 6. Oh, Charles, we can't thank you enough for allowing us to stay with you tonight. And it's so polite that you insisted I take the bed. That ain't nothing. I like sleeping on the floor. It reminds me of being a little kid and sleeping in my mama's closet. Why ever did you sleep in the closet? We had this mean-ass cat, man. I thought she might steal my breath in the night, but eventually that cat died and now everything's fine. So, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn took the bed, Mr. Snodbottom slept in the bathtub, I was over by the TV, and Kendall slept by Charles the Contractor by the door. I was there for like ten minutes. Charles kept kicking me in the face with his bare feet, so I went and slept on the sidewalk. Well, we slept, that's the point. And we were up and parade ready by 4 a.m. Which wasn't easy. There was no hot water by the time I took a shower. That was probably my fault. You know, I ran myself a bath, but I put in too much Calgon at first, so I had to drain it and run in another tub full. But those things happen, even on Thanksgiving. Soon enough, though, we were in the back of Charles's contracting truck. 
There weren't any windows in the back, so we couldn't see where we were going. But when he slowed down and stopped, we knew it hadn't been long enough for us to be in Manhattan yet. We can't be in Manhattan yet. <sighs> Here we are, guys. This parade's gonna be bitchin'. Oh, this doesn't look like Herald Square. What exactly is happening, Charles boy? This is still New Jersey. Oh, yeah. We all in New Jersey. This is where the Thanksgiving parade starts. See that big sign over there? Starting point for the Gimbel's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Charles, this isn't the Macy's Parade at all. Oh, yeah, I know. That one's way too commercial, man. The Gimbel's Thanksgiving Day Parade has the real deal. Plus, there's free pizza and beer when it ends at 9 a.m. down by the rail yard. Ugh, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a Thanksgiving I know none of us will ever forget. Wait, what kind of float do we ride on that day? I don't know, I forgot. Well, this certainly has been a memorable ride. Oh yeah, we're not likely to forget today. Oh, it looks like we should be in Gasville in just a few minutes. Thank heavens I need to get out and stretch my legs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so do I, dear. Hey, I know what we can do for the last few minutes of our ride. Let's rehearse the song we're singing in the parade again. Good idea, Kendall. Mr. Snodbottom, play the tape. Thanksgiving's back again. Time to eat, not time to be thin. I'm gonna taste the flavor, show you how. Uh, gonna eat all night and we're starting now. Uh, is it buttery? everybody great news the thanksgiving fun it's not over yet it continues with a bonus special that's right stay tuned for a very thanksgiving cliff and kindle remember that thanksgiving cliff and kindle spent in mongolia and there was this robot and there was a some sort of green goo and just lots of Thanksgiving memories. Stay tuned. This is it right now. Some turkeys. It's time to hang some pilgrim crap up everywhere. Kendall, don't get me started on the pilgrims. Ugh, those uptight buckle-wearing jerks. I mean, who puts a buckle on a hat? Buckle hats, buckle shoes. They probably had buckles on their damn jockey shorts. I know. I hate the pilgrims too. But I'm just trying to make our motel room look more Thanksgiving-y. Yeah, I guess the Mongolian Motel Zerga isn't that festive. <laughs> but we'll make it feel like Thanksgiving because when you and I and Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn are all together, we'll have what Thanksgiving is really all about. Food! Food. Right. I just hope Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn can find those little marshmallows that go on the yams. She's been looking all afternoon. It's them! Please tell me you got the marshmallows. Oh, boy. Going shopping the day before American Thanksgiving in Mongolia was quite an experience. Yes, it seems Mongolian Freedom and Independence Day is coming up this Sunday, so the shops were very busy. That's so weird their Independence Day is in November. In America, it falls in July for some reason. I think it's because in America, we're on a lunar calendar. Okay. So about those marshmallows? We've got them! They were at the fourth shop we visited. Of course, the third shop was a pet food store. Yes, it took us 
quite a while to realize that. <laughs> now, Sugarlump, I kept showing you all those pictures of lizards and hamsters on the packages. <laughs> <laughs> Daffodil, I'm a little rusty when it comes to reading Mongolian, and I thought those were the ingredients. You know, it's not proper etiquette to judge other cultures against your own. Now, how many pie crusts were you able to find? Eighteen. Is that all? I guess I'll have to cross a few pies off my baking list. We were very lucky to get them. There was another customer that wanted those crusts. But unfortunately for them, I had a minor bowel attack <laughs> that clogged the freezer aisle. Hey, I just had a weird thought. Where are we going to cook all this? We're at a cheap motel, and the closest thing we've got to a kitchen is a one-cup coffee maker. I guess I was so caught up in this Thanksgiving spirit that never crossed my mind. There must be a kitchen somewhere in this place. Why don't we go ask the clerk at the front desk? Okay. Because we need a little Thanksgiving right this very minute. Man, I wish those Indians had poisoned all the pilgrims. Oh, come all ye thankful, hungry and triumphant. Say no. Or, as they say in English, hello there! Hi, my friends and I are staying here, and we are just wondering if there was a kitchen we could use tomorrow. It's a holiday in our home country called Thanksgiving. See, in 1864, our homosexual President Lincoln declared it a holiday to give thanks. And while I admire his anti-slavery, pro-man-on-man agenda, Thanksgiving is based on a lot of myths and revisionist history and genocide and stuff. But there's a great Charlie Brown special, so don't forget that. Yes, the best part is when Snoopy fights this lawn chair that keeps attacking him. Of course I know all about Thanksgiving. I'm from the USA myself, so I know what you'll be looking for tomorrow. A big juicy turkey and a whole mess of pie. Well, we're big fat vegetarians. And we're not going to have hardly any pies at all. Only 18. So, do you have a spare kitchen we could use? Well, I got the closest thing. A break room with a microwave and a toaster oven. That's great. So, uh, you, can you let us in tomorrow morning? No, I'll be off tomorrow celebrating Thanksgiving in my own way. Eating turkey jerky and watching yak polo. But I'll leave a message for my replacement to let you in there. <laughs> I can't allow you folks to miss Thanksgiving, now can I? What would that great gay statesman Abraham Lincoln think of me? I don't know what I'll eat first tomorrow. Maybe some stuffing or a big tray of rolls. I'm going to start with something light, like a pecan pie. Hey, why is there a greasy Burger King bag under my pillow? Charles the contractor must have taken a nap in your bed again. Oh. And he's been watching my DVDs. I can tell because they're all mixed up. The first Wives Club disc is in the Prince of Persia box, and the X-Files movies in Murder, She Wrote, Season 11. Oh, there's mustard all over my headboard. So, what should we do tomorrow night? Ever since NBC stopped showing Home Alone every Thanksgiving night, I never know what to do anymore. Hey, should we all go to the movies and see Tyler Perry's Hello Turkeys and Medea Thanksgiving? No, tomorrow night we have to stream the Busheltown Thanksgiving Parade online. Remember, Susan is marching with the ladies' club, the Busheltown bagpiping businesswomen. She's got a big solo. I, I mean, a, a bag solo. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be the hap-hap-happiest Thanksgiving since the first official Thanksgiving. The one in 1864 when Abraham Lincoln had group sex with the Yale rowing team. <laughs> Thanksgiving! Oh, 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 pardon me, boy. Your hearty greeting alarmed my bowels, but its sentiment was appreciated, I assure you. Great. Who's ready to eat? Oh, I'm afraid we're a few hours away from eating. I need one of you to help me take these trays of food to the break room, and one of you to stay back with Mr. Snodbottom and peel a bushel and a half of yams. Kendall will stay back with the yams. I want to make sure I can find a can opener so I can serve my famous can-shaped cranberry sauce. Okay, hand me a peeler. Oh, here you are, Kendall boy. Whoa, the, the peeling motion sets off my bowels every time. Oh, but I'm sure we'll be through with these yams in an hour or less. Uh-huh. We'll be back, but you'll probably smell a delicious feast before you see us. Uh-huh. Cliff, you take this green bean casserole and I'll carry the giblets. I hope there's a whisk in the break room. Seven of my 18 pies are supposed to have a very tall and stiff meringue. <laughs>
Oh, I should have grabbed the harvest centerpiece I sculpted out of starch doilies. I'll run back and get it later. I brought a packet of napkins with cornucopias all over them just for today, and I have to dig them out of my luggage. I wonder if the desk clerk will mind stirring a few things as they simmer. Well, you never know till you ask. Hey, where's the desk clerk? The guy yesterday said he'd have a replacement, but all I see is... Oh, my slowly roasting turkeys, what is that? It looks like if a Coke machine had a robot love child with a dumpster. I am Clerk Butt 3000. Welcome to the Motel Zerga. By the way, I am speaking English because I heard you speaking English. Normally I would be speaking Mongolian, since we are in Mongolia. Just an FYI. How may I assist you today? Uh, the clerk yesterday said we could cook some things in your break room. Negative. The break room is off-limits to motel guests. But, but please, Clerkbot, it's very important holiday in our country. Is it that important? I mean, Thanksgiving's a time slot hit, and we all know it. You think anybody give a crap if this thing was in August? The break room is off-limits to motel guests. Alert, alert. The break room is off-limits to motel guests. Alert, alert. Oh, oh my, what's happening? Uh, I think it's getting mad. We better go. Oh, that was the last yam, finally! Wh- why are you back so soon? There's a robot that wouldn't let us in the break room. What? A robot? You know, one of those advanced AI types. That technology's everywhere these days. It was quite unusual, but what concerns me most is just how are we going to cook Thanksgiving dinner now? I don't know. Maybe we should just give up. We eat marshmallows out of the bag and watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, since we're halfway between Halloween and Christmas. Two way better holidays with way better movies. Oh man, how great would it have been if Ernest had saved Thanksgiving? Or if Clark Griswold had ruined it? Now, boys, don't give up on this wonderful holiday so easily. Uh, Yes, I'm sure there's still a way to save our feast. Well, what if we boil stuff in the bathtub and cook the rest on the heater? That's a great idea. I'm afraid it may take all day to cook things that way. We wouldn't be eating until nightfall. Oh, God, no! What am I going to talk to this robot guy? I bet I could reason with him. Do you think we didn't try? Well, on the off chance I can't reason with him, maybe I can use my magician's sleight of hand to get the key to the break room. I guess it's worth a shot. Anything to save this B-level holiday. Don't think of it like that. Think of it as saving a huge feast. Oh my god! The stakes have never been higher. Okay, there it is. I am Clerk Butt 3000. Welcome to the Motel Zerga. By the way, I am speaking English because I heard you speaking English. Normally I would be speaking Mongolian, since we are in Mongolia. Just an FYI. How may I assist you today? I came to ask you about using the employee break room to cook a few things. I know it's for employees and I'm just a guest, but the clerk yesterday said we could, so come on, please, please, please. Negative. The break room is off limits to guests. Return to your quarters or face the penalty. Penalty? Hmm. Um, hey, what's that behind your ear? Negative. I do not have ears. Negative. Return to your quarters or face the penalty. What are you going to do? Add a surcharge to our bill? Big whoop. Penalty will commence in three, two, and... Let me guess. One. One. Holy crap, it's blasting lasers at me! Well, how'd it go, negotiator extraordinaire? Uh... Ah! That good, huh? Oh, my exploding motel furniture! What's going on? That crazy robot started blasting lasers at me! Oh, my. Did you try your magic on it? Yeah. I thought so. You got us stuck in here. Now what? I guess we're back to boiling yams in the bathtub. I'm way ahead of you, dears. I've got gravy going in the sink and a corn casserole baking into the hairdryer. Oh, it'll take forever cooking like this. What do we do while we wait? 
The only thing on TV is Yak Polo. I suppose we could all sit down and have a frank discussion about what might bring humanity together in this time of global separatism. Or, what if I do my one-man version of Sunday in the Park with George for you guys? Only it'd be Thanksgiving Day in the motel room with Cliff. Starts like this. White. A blank page or canvas. The challenge? Bring order to the whole. Through design, composition, tension, balance, light, and harmony. George, why do we have to get up so early? The light. And why is it you always get to sit Stop! We already heard it when it was Wednesday in the bakery with Cliff, and Monday in the airport with Cliff, and Friday in the McDonald's men's room with Cliff. The acoustics in that men's room were too good to waste. Why don't we sit in the floor and tell ghost stories? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds Thanksgiving-y. I bet that robot's already gone. If he is, I'll run back to our room and grab the only thing we can all agree on playing, Muppet Yahtzee. Ooh, yes. I won the last time by rolling four Kermit the Frogs. Well, darn. Who would have thought Thanksgiving would be taken over by violent robots? <gasps> Kendall, you just reminded me. I have something better than a ghost story to tell. It's a pairing as unlikely as Thanksgiving and robots. I got the idea last night when I saw how Charles the Contractor mixed up all my DVDs. It's some kind of First Wives Club Prince of Persia mashup fan fiction, isn't it? No, but please make a note of that so I don't forget to write it later. It is something I wrote last night. And there's a part in there for all of us. Here's a script for everybody. What? Who am I? Everybody just read the parts that are highlighted. Here we go. In three, two, action. Oh, the ocean air is doing wonders for my jet lag. Oh, is that right, Jessica Fletcher? Oh, yes, my dear widowed friend Seth Hazlitt. Why, I feel up to making a part of my famous clam stew tonight. <laughs> now, Jess, don't say that so loud, or you'll have half of Cabot Cove showing up at your house this evening. You may be right. Oh, my. What's that over there by the dock? Oh, it appears to be a... <gasps> a dead body, and not just any dead body. It's local realtor Eve Simpson, and she's covered with some kind of green goo. Oh, Jessica, should we call Sheriff Metzger? Yes, but I'm not sure we can solve this one ourselves. There's something very strange about it. Cut to the crime scene later that night. Mr. Snodbottom, you ought to be Sheriff Metzger, too. Yes, there's something very bizarre about this death. Not just because Eve Simpson was a friend of mine from Loretta's beauty parlor, but also because she died covered with a green goo. Mrs. Fletcher, that green goo is what made me call into the FBI for some help. I've never seen deadly green goo before. In fact, here comes our help now. I'm Special Agent Fox Mulder, and this is my partner, Special Agent Dana Scully. I'm Sheriff Mesker, and this is J.B. Fletcher. I'd recognize this lady anywhere. I'm a big fan. Thank you, dear. I've read all your mysteries, and I particularly liked that Netflix reboot of your first novel. Ah, yes. The corpse twerked at midnight. We heard there was an unusual death here in Cabot Cove. The body was covered in some kind of colorful goo, is that right? That's correct. Something about this goo sounds supernatural to me. Mulder, don't jump to any conclusions. Sheriff, is there a goo factory nearby? No, ma'am. The goo factory went out of business last year. That's what makes this all so shocking. The way Eve's face is tilted to the left suggests that there was a noise from behind that caught her attention at the moment of death. But the only thing behind her is water. Maybe there's something rising from the water. Hmm. Oh, perhaps the noise was caused by something retreating back into the water. Mrs. Fletcher, that's quite an idea. If you'll pardon me, ma'am, maybe this investigation should be left to the professionals. How many murders have you solved? Four. Well, I've solved more than that. Mulder. Four this week. That is what I, you meant, right? How many murders I've solved this week? Oh. Agents, if there's one thing I've learned from this many years on the force, is that Mrs. Fletcher is better than a pack of sniffing bloodhounds. Oh, Sheriff, you and your flattery. Cut to Cabot Cove Coroner's office even later that night. 
Mrs. Fletcher, if you'll hold these intestines for me. Certainly, Dr. Scully. Autopsy results indicate Mrs. Simpson was asphyxiated with a green goo. The goo appears to be organic and naturally occurring, made up of approximately 80% salt. Okay, it's becoming increasingly obvious that we're dealing with some kind of giant killer clam creature. Oh, Mulder. What else could it be? If you'll pardon me, Agent Mulder, I wonder what a clam creature would be doing down in the docks. A clam creature with any intelligence at all would know that Barty Miller's clamming barge would be out at that time in the morning, and I'm sure Monster would steer clear. She's got a point, Mulder. And even a bizarre sea monster, heretofore unheard of by man, would need a motive for murder. Mrs. Fletcher, tell me more about Eve Simpson. Hmm. She sold real estate. Her standing appointment at Loretta's Beauty Parlor was Thursdays at 3 p.m., and, well, she was a bit of a gossip and very popular with the men in town. Also, she won over a dozen blue ribbons at the county fair for her lobster bisque. Okay, maybe we look for a jealous wife or girlfriend, maybe a desperate bisque chef? No, Scully, don't you see? That's it. It wasn't a giant killer clam creature. It was a giant killer lobster. Oh my, if I include this kind of thing in one of my best-selling mystery novels, my publisher would think I'd gone wacko. Oh, I've got some bad news. It seems Deputy Andy was out on patrol and found another corpse, also covered with goo. That's it? I didn't get a chance to finish it yet. Who's the killer? Uh, supernatural, half lobster, half drifter or something. I haven't decided. What about the green goo? Oh yeah, I better work that in there somewhere. Well, it was pretty good, but not Thanksgiving at all. I know. I purposefully didn't set it on Thanksgiving. You know on holidays, I like everything to be themed around that holiday. Yeah, that's why we plant a tree every Arbor Day. What I don't understand is why we don't plant new trees. You always just dig one up and plant it back in the same spot. It's not a perfect system. But back to this holiday and how mediocre it really is. Let me tell you about it. You must understand Thanksgiving Day is a crock of crap. It's only the thrill of boy eating bird. And that is that. It's historical and deplorable. You have got to admit that it's really not so hot. Oh, what's thanks got to do, got to do with it? What's thanks but a sweet old-fashioned notion? What's thanks got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a yam when a yam can Stop! You're just tricking us into listening you sing again. Uh, I can't... I, no. I, I think it's time Kendall told a story, and it all started on Thanksgiving. The first one. When Abe Lincoln had group sex with the... No! The real first one. It was just after lunch on Thanksgiving Day. Of course, they didn't know it was Thanksgiving Day, or would one day be called that. But the pilgrims knew it had been a hard winter, or summer, or something, and they had come together for food, folks, and fun with their new pals, the Native Americans. That was some feast. Yes, Englishman John Alden. It was a great feast. And Squanto, you must give me the recipe for that delicious dessert. What did you call it? I call it coffee cake. Wow, Squanto. This new world has so many wonders to behold. I should say so. Why, the water here must be blessed by the Lord. My family's collars have never been so stiff or white. And you know what the Bible says. The whiter the collar, the closer to God. Yes, yes, Priscilla. Now clear away these dishes before I have to flog thee. Whatever you say, dear. Should we be going, Chief Massasoit? Oh, yes, Quanto boy. Our squalls will be wondering where we've gotten off to. Well, it's been great seeing you fellows. What do you say we do this every year? Sounds great. Bye. Bye. Verily, I say. Whew. Methinks something in that roasted bird has made me sleepy. I think I'll just stretch out here on this log and have the world first after Thanksgiving dinner now. <sighs> Englishman John Alden, are you... What? What is it, Squanto? You leave behind some Tupperware or something? No, I was just walking back through the bountiful land of Mother Earth, 
and I was given a blessed feeling in my breadbasket, and I felt compelled by Uncle Nature to share it with you. Blessed feeling in your breadbasket? What's that move? Hey, what's that poking out from under your loincloth? It ain't maize. Join me, John Alden. Let us experience a true coming together of our peoples. Coming together? With another fellow? Why, I never, never, ever. Okay, once on the Mayflower. Come on, John. It's not all bad, is it? You softened the hearts of my people and hardened mine. Yeah, I see what's hard now. Well, you people, you have big hearts and big... (laughs) And I mean, like... Really big and getting bigger. Some some might say too big. I mean, ew, that is jumbo. Squanto, you gotta dial that down. I mean, what am I supposed to? And oh, what? Uh, oh my God! Now it has a a face. Come on, John, give me a little kiss. Oh my God, Squanto! Is that why you don't wear underwear? I'm not Squanto, you moron. I'm Freddy Krueger. What? Is that a sex disease? Because if I give Priscilla another one of those, we'll get into a big fight, and I'll end up accusing her of witchcraft, and she'll be hanged, and then he'll whiten my collars. I'm not a sex disease, but I'm going to f*** you up, sicko. See, I'm a scary murderer that attacks people in their dreams. This is my glove, and if you watch closely, you'll see it stab you repeatedly. Oh, shit. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh. Welcome to the new world, bitch. <laughs> to Puritans, what's happening? My husband is bleeding horribly from wounds that appeared out of nowhere, and on this day set aside to give thanks. Uh, Doc, I don't think this is where we meant to end up. Weren't we supposed to be in the future, stopping Biff from changing the outcome of season 56 of The Bachelorette? Great Scott, Marty! We've landed smack dab in the middle of the first Thanksgiving! Uh, I don't see a Lincoln or a bunch of horny Yale dudes. Not that first Thanksgiving, the other one. You there, ma'am. What year is it? It's 1621, but I admit that's hard to believe. It still feels like 1620 to me. <laughs> but enough about that. My husband, the godly John Alden, has just perished in my arms due to some very grotesque wounds. <laughs> Holy cow! Marty, I don't like the looks of these wounds. You remember what happened on 34th Street? Uh, I think you mean Elm Street, Doc. Right, right. I always get nightmares and miracles mixed up. Oh, pardon me, everyone, but I believe I'm missing a feather from my hairdress. Oh, 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 oh. oh what is this contraption? It's a, a time machine. Oh, oh, my! Do you think I could come aboard? If I stay here with my husband and the good town folk were to see these mysterious wounds, why, I'd be executed for witchcraft before Christmas. Sure, come on in. I see you got a really white collar there on your dress. I could use some help whitening some Calvin Klein briefs at home. Calvin Klein? Well, I've never tried whitening a person before, but as a Puritan, I'd sure like to try. Cool. Say, Chief, you might as well hop in, too. I'll explain later. Don't mind if I do, white boy. is the story of the first Thanksgiving. I admit, it was good. It had something for everyone. Do you think that robot's still up in the hallway? Only one way to know for sure. It's gone! And I can see into the window of the front office. There's a human being behind the desk. The robot shift must be over. Oh, thank God. Oh, indeed. And soon Crackpot and the children will be home from the Mongolian petting zoo, which is, of course, where they've been all day. Well, they'd better get back here quick, because dinner is served! Hooray! You know, maybe I misjudged Thanksgiving. I thought you might eventually see it that way. Yeah, it's a little lamer and more racist than even I realized, but there are good points. Food, folks, and fun! Food, folks, and fun! Fun! Use napkins if it plates everywhere So fat you can tell we don't care Cause Thanksgiving is fun now Today we're gonna eat a ton now If you're still feeling hungry Kendall, you can follow me Cause I'm gonna eat all night Though I might be crying by the sunlight Hey gobble gobble Yeah we may wobble Get diabetes Cause we be eating what we want This is our show This is our fact 
And we can't stop And we won't stop Can't you see that we would if we could? Can't you see we headed for no good? And we can't stop And we won't stop But today's a holiday I don't care what the health books say Nobody keep up with us My ass bigger than a city bus I can feel it getting bigger What can I say? I eat a big dinner Everyone in line in the kitchen Trying to get fed in the kitchen Well, we ate it all, yeah Sorry we forgot to call you Yeah, yeah Hey, gobble, gobble Yeah, we may wobble Get diabetes Cause we be eating what we want this is our show, this, this is our fat, and we can't stop, and we won't stop. It's Thanksgiving, we can do what we want to. It's Thanksgiving, we can eat what we want to. It's my show, I can sing if I want to. In my mouth, I can eat what I want to eat. And we can't stop, and we won't stop. Can't you see that we would if we could? Can't you see we headed for no good? And we can't stop. And we won't stop. But today's a holiday. I don't care what the health books say. Wow, Susan is really wailing on that bag. Yes, she is. Also, her daily rehearsals keep our house free of rats and snakes. Nice. Hey, isn't that Dr. Blathers? Why does our therapist have a float in the Busheltown Thanksgiving Parade? Why is it shaped like a four-leaf clover? Why is it turning off the parade route and into the Beef Boy drive through <laughs> Why doesn't he see the sign that says no vehicles over 12 feet tall can fit through? Why doesn't he hear the top of his float being ripped off? Why has the cameraman staying on Dr. Blathers' float instead of following the rest of the parade? Why does dipping sauce look Thanks for listening to Cliff and Kindle Coast to Coast. Binge listen to more episodes at cliffandkindle.blogspot.com. Happy Thanksgiving and a blessed Mongolian freedom and Independence Day to all. Thanksgiving, 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 Thanksgiving. Pilgrim, 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 Thanksgiving, 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 Thanks